doors are closing. It can be hard living in a city. It's the noise, really. Most of the time I'm on the subway, I have headphones on. I've even made a playlist that's specifically for the Broad Street line. It's got Logic and Watsky and a couple other indie artists that I feel capture the vibe of traveling this stretch of city underground. After living in Philly for two years, I still get surprised, though. Sometimes they're good surprises, little moments and interactions that brighten my day. Like the time I was having such an engaging conversation with a five-year-old about her favorite hat that I missed my stop. Or the time I was waiting at 15th and counted the unusually high amount of rats running around the tracks with a graduate student I had just met. I think we saw 11. Sometimes, I see things that make me angry, or that scare me. Like the man barely able to stand on the subway platform, blatantly littering after finishing some trail mix. Or a woman clearly in need of medical attention and a hot shower, begging for money inches from my face. It can be hard living in a city. That's why I want to make this podcast. I want people to listen to all the good and fascinating things I've experienced living here. Yes, most of it will be anecdotes, with a sprinkle of history here and there, but that's okay. I'm a storyteller, and stories are what make up our culture. For example... If you're a fan of professional sports, you're probably already familiar with the special energy Philadelphia seems to have. And if you aren't, you still may have come across videos on social media following our success in the NFC or Super Bowl championships. We got a little rowdy. That whole greasing the poles thing is true, by the way. It didn't help. In late 2018, the Philadelphia Flyers, the local professional hockey team, release their new mascot. If you're unfamiliar with the Flyers, they aren't bird-based like the Eagles. If I recall correctly, the name Flyers was just given to the team because the alliteration was nice. But with the Eagles embracing the underdog masks and the Philly fanatic remaining iconic, I suppose the Flyers management thought now was as good a time as ever to get up in the mascot mix. And oh boy, did they mix it up. The resulting nightmare was called Gritty. Close your eyes, don't Google him just yet. Imagine an orange, now give it long fur. Longer fur than that. Give it a mouth that could swallow you whole and stick two googly eyes above that. Give him big, furry legs and arms. Put some clothes on him. Got it? Okay, open your eyes. Now Google Gritty. It's a lot worse, isn't it? Now, if you talk to anyone from Philadelphia, Even people who aren't fans of the Flyers, they'll all pretty much tell you the same thing. Gritty makes no sense. Gritty is terrifying. Gritty sucks. But he's ours. He's our Scary Muppet. And we love him. Gritty has been in all kinds of places since his reveal. In addition to memes and tattoos, one of the most notable places was in GQ, in an article declaring Philadelphia the city of the year. I've never lived in any other major metropolitan cities for comparison, but... I have to agree. It's all about the attitude, you know? It's independent city. We're the home of civil rights leaders like Cecil B. Moore, whose street cuts through Temple University and graces our subway stop. And Octavius Caddo, who looks out proudly from his statue, the first of its kind, at City Hall. There's a line every day at the Rocky statue outside the art museum. Philadelphia's women marched after the election of Trump, and buses branded with the hashtag Free Meek drove the streets for weeks. 
Philadelphia won't go down without a fight. I don't think we know how. ended the very first experimental episode of this podcast with sounds I had recorded from the subway. But don't worry, I'm still here. I was talking to a friend about the subway, mostly complaining, and he made a good point about the way the city is laid out that I often griped about too. Here's the audio of that, and since we've come full circle... Hi, I'm I'm eating a pretzel, but I'm also Nick. And like I'm like trying to get to the Mudder Museum, mm-hmm. right? And there's just like no good way to go to it without having to walk like blocks and blocks and blocks and I, so I just got off at whatever you got that 15th and walked all the way to like it's yeah. like way way up yeah it's just 18th. like ridiculous it's almost by the it's like halfway down the Ben Franklin Parkway yeah it's just like it's no it's no fun it almost like made me like not want to go okay for non-city listeners Philadelphia's subway system is extremely simple I promise. Just imagine a big plus or a cross. Most places tourists want to go to are easily accessible from the orange Broad Street line, which runs north to south, or the blue Market Frankfurt line, which runs east to west. If you want to visit any of the shops, parks, churches, or museums that might reside in the area sandwiched between Market Street and the Schuylkill River, though, it might not be so simple. As Nick and I were saying, The area, which includes the Motor Museum, Chestnut and Walnut Streets Shopping District, Rittenhouse Square Park, and a variety of well-known cafes and restaurants are underserved by public transit. Now, of course, there are a few trolley lines that reach the area, and you could always take a rideshare service like Lyft or Uber, but I promised you simple. I even did a little research to see if this was a zoning issue or if the mostly wealthy people of that neighborhood had petitioned to keep any stops from opening and I found nothing. That lack of explanation to me was an answer, though. An answer to a question that I plan to keep asking in 2019. What makes a neighborhood? Is it the people, the living residents, or the ones long gone? Is it the businesses, the food? Or is it just tourism websites and realty offices? Neighborhoods across the city are growing, shrinking, changing. I wanted to observe all of that as well as explore some of the places I'd been to before with fresh eyes. I'm pretty proud of what I found. So where do you want to go next? So, I need you to state your name and where you're from. My name is Erica Javon, and I'm from Bucks County. So, Erica, what is your favorite thing about Philadelphia? This is going to sound so cliche but like the hustle and the bustle of the city how there's always people walking around there's always cars moving it always feels very alive no matter what time of the day okay and how like how frequently would you come to the city when you were younger not frequently it was always a day trip and it was always a treat (laughs) what is your favorite part of the city my favorite part of the city recently has been fishtown my favorite park is the dog park by the schuylkill river that's like a 10 minute walk from rit And then, um, I don't know, I haven't explored much of Philly yet. I've only, like, gotten 
used to the Rittenhouse Square area and Reading Terminal. That's pretty much it. Is there anything else you'd like to say about Philadelphia? It's so great. I, I think I'm biased because I grew up in the suburbs and you need a car to get everywhere. And it's not, it's dead by 10, 11 p.m. So living in the city has been a very drastic change for me. So I'm always excited by it whenever I get the chance to explore Center City. Remember that playlist I mentioned at the top of the episode? One of those lovely indie bands I hinted at is a Canadian group called The Weaker Thans. Their 2003 song, One Great City, was the inspiration for this episode's title. I can't play the song, unfortunately, but give it a listen. I think you'll understand why I like it, and why it belongs in that playlist. The song is originally about Winnipeg, but I guess some things don't change no matter where you live. Special thanks to Nick Santangelo and Erica Chabon for letting me interview them for this episode. Happy New Year, Philadelphia. Let's make it another memorable one.